You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 221 of Podcateers. This week we talk about the awesome new Miguel Marionette in the musical celebration of Coco Show at California Adventure. If you haven't seen the post on our Instagram account, make sure to check out the YouTube channel for the entire show. It is uh, amazing. I just love what they did with it. I'm glad that they brought it over from Paris. Check it out, youtube.com slash podcateers. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and ring that bell for notifications of new videos whenever they're posted. Also, while you're there, make sure to jump over to youtube.com slash Disney for two and subscribe to that channel for more Disney Park video goodness. Speaking of YouTube, we also posted a second video this week where we unboxed the D23 Mickey Mouse 90th birthday party kit. Gavin and Melissa give us a breakdown of what goodies came in the box. Make sure that you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter for information on where we will be celebrating Mickey's birthday. And yes, there will be cake. It's going to be a fun time hanging out with members of the Podcasters fam, and we look forward to seeing you there. Did you know that the Haunted Mansion holiday has been around since 2001 at Disneyland? Since then, not a lot has changed, but in this episode, we take turns reimagining the attraction. It was super fun. If you guys have any ideas of how you would like to plus up the attraction or what you would like to change, join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Shoot us a message. Tell us what you would like to change. We'd love to hear your ideas. Before we jump into the episode, I just want to remind you that this episode of Podcateers is made possible by the contributions of listeners just like you via Patreon. We call those listeners our fairy godparents, but they like to call themselves the FGP Squad. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become part of the FGP Squad too. But for a contribution of at least $5 monthly, you also get the exclusive fairy godparent button as a thank you for your support more information about joining the fgp squad can be found over at podcateers.com fgp and as always a huge thank you goes out to the members of the fgp squad and that's it it's time to get this episode started so here we go this is episode 221 of podcateers go back to the park now so you can see the third window oh gosh um you know what maybe this weekend because when gavin and i were walking out of dca we weren't necessarily questioning it but we feel like there's a story being told from window to window kind of what we originally had talked about where we didn't know if they were going to be connected or if they were going to be independent windows like the ones at the emporium Mm-hmm. But as far as we could tell, it really does look like there's a story being told from each window to the next. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it's interesting the way that they've done it because you can kind of make a story out of it. But I can also see that that might have been unintentional. It's it's just kind of weird. So uh, I'm going to describe to you the third window, okay. Melissa, um, just so you can kind of have a picture of it as we talk about it. So the first window, as we know, is Mickey... It looks like he's kind of just entered this haunted house. He's got a little flame in front of him to light his way. Uh And you've got spooks coming in from either side, right? Dodging in and out. And then as you know, the third window, 
on the right is uh, Mickey sitting at the piano while two skeletons dance behind him. Right. Well, the window that sits right in between those two is the newest, latest window that they've added for Halloween. And it's one of these dark spooks who looks almost like a Reaper character. He's got Mickey by the scruff and he's plopping him down on the piano bench. (laughs) So it's almost like Mickey enters and he gets scooped up by one of these spooks and he gets stuck down on the piano and is like scared into playing, I guess. That's cool. For the skeletons as they dance. I don't know if that's what they're intending, but it does kind of read like three sequential moments uh, but they all look great you know they they especially look great at night mm-hmm. uh, so if if anybody out there uh, gets the chance to go during halloween definitely check out those windows on buena vista street and if you can check them out at night and i gotta tell you i'm still over the moon with the ambiance that they created on Buena Vista Street for Halloween. I love the purple lights and the, the music and everything about it. And then, of course, when you get to the end and you see the Headless Horseman, it's yeah, just, right? uh, it's amazing. <laughs> and the bats flying out of Carthay Circle. Oh, my gosh. I love what they do for uh, Halloween there. And you know what struck what? me? And this wasn't the case last year because it didn't really exist, but for the first time during Halloween at DCA, the collector's fortress doesn't really look out of place at night because everything's lit in weird like purples and greens and blues and there's like weird flashy lights <laughs> everywhere. And so the that tower looks normal now at night. <laughs> it was just kind of cool. <laughs> it is. It's totally cool. And man, this weekend, I honestly just want to spend... Like one evening and sit in the middle of Buena Vista Street and just soak it all up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That and just hearing Oogie all around is amazing. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. That was a nice touch with Oogie because it's almost like he's kind of haunting the place. Like yeah. he's creeping around and he's looking down on you from somewhere and randomly he'll make some sort of, you know, exclamation or proclamation whatever he's doing up there and it's it's so cool i think it's I awesome really dig it. how you just explain that you just hear him all over it's literally all over you're mm-hmm. not he's not in one spot right which is awesome so yeah if you guys haven't checked it out definitely go spend like five ten minutes and just listen mm-hmm. it's really really cool do you wish that we got to meet oogie somewhere? Uh, yes I mean, that that seems like a miss right there, right? You would think that, I mean, maybe during the Halloween parties, he'll come out. I don't Something. know. That's different, though. Like, I, I yeah. was going to say that it really calls for a meet and greet at California Adventure. Oh, it yeah. It feels like I it's just missing. So. They have the AP corner where you can take a photo uh, with, like, the Oogie cutout. And uh, if you guys are following us on Instagram, uh, in the Instagram story, we posted the Oogie Boogie Halloween time button that you can get or AP holders can get. And it looks like a very similar cutout. There's a big moon. There's a cutout of Oogie. And it looks cool, but I think a real meet and greet would be better. Yeah, but I agree. I think the heft of Oogie is something that they would really have to figure out the same way that they've had to figure it out with Baymax. Well, I, I mean, I think it wouldn't be... I think it's different with Baymax. 
But I think of a character like Sully. And yeah. he's a big, huge. He's, I would put him on the same size range as Oogie Boogie. I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like they could do it if they really wanted to. Yeah. I, and surely they so made too. costumes of him back in the day when the movie came out, right? That seems like a thing. I don't want right. to confirm nor deny the existence of a child at this moment. <laughs> but That's it, true. it does seem like something that was done. I mean, if somebody recalls it or has a picture that they've posted, tag yeah. us in it. You know, we'd love to, you know, see that. All I'm saying Absolutely. is it's possible because I've seen really good cosplays of Oogie. Mm-hmm. It oh, is yeah. so possible. I have yeah, too. Some Make it happen. Ones. Come on. <laughs> you know, it'd be funny if they somehow implemented a little bit of what they're doing with Roz at Monsters, Inc., and so they use some of the cameras around the park, and so Oogie responds, right? Like, he sees you walking by. It's like, you, with the sequin mini ears, what are you doing in my park? And just really responds to, like, the people walking through or taking photos or... Oh, like, so, like, Mr. Potato Head? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Except that you don't see Oogie. That's the difference, that with Mr. Potato Head and with Roz, you're oh. going right by, and all these voices that you're hearing of Oogie throughout <laughs> the park, it's almost like his essence is around you, but he's not really there. It's like, you by the fountain in front of Carte Circle. Yeah, you in the purple shirt. What are you doing? That's, you know what I mean? That would that be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be so cool. Oh, hey, uh, speaking of meet and greets, I caught a glimpse of the cutest little vampire that has ever been created <laughs> in history <laughs> at DCA when I was there this past weekend. I got to see Vampirina, and oh my gosh, she is adorable. She is. I, she is adorable. <laughs> I think she's the greatest. I haven't seen her show, but that is the cutest costume character I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, my my mother-in-law is absolutely in love with Vampirina. The kids, when they go over, they watch all of these shows on Disney Mm -hmm. Junior and Disney Channel. And she happened to catch a glimpse of this show that my kids were watching. And now she just loves it. And (laughs) I guess she found out somehow that she was going to be in the park. And she was making a big deal about meeting her and Mm -hmm. wanting a picture. And it's so cute. (laughs) <laughs> That's a wonderful time for them to bring her out. Is, is she just going to be around seasonally? That's a good question. I don't know yet because, I mean, if she's there for Halloween, it makes sense. But yeah. the show isn't a Halloween show. Right. So as far as I know, she took over Jake's place. So instead oh. of having the Jake from the Neverland Pirates, that meet and greet, they've replaced it with V. And those usually happen in... Don't those usually happen on, uh, what is it, Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard? Yeah, Hollywood, right yeah. in front of the uh, off-the-page building. Yeah, right the in front of Disney the Animation Play, Academy. Disney, what is it, Disney Junior Playhouse or whatever? Now it's like the Play Dance Party or something like that. Yeah, I forgot what it like is. something like that. Well, I wonder if they'll put her into that. I'd Maybe. watch. Huh. I've never been in there. I don't, I don't know what goes on in there. It's a fun show. Sure. We saw is it with it? the kids several months ago. So the iteration that we saw, they have a huge disco ball. They play it like a huge dance party. And the idea behind the show is that Mickey 
is uh, well the the DJs the people that are hosting you know the the event there mm-hmm. they've invited Mickey Goofy Minnie Donald Daisy but they're all at Mickey's clubhouse and they're trying to the Mickey and the Roadsters basically are trying to drive to this venue to party with everybody oh, so okay. throughout the the show they have all of these things come up on screen where like Mickey's calling in saying, Oh, we're almost there. We just ran into this or we're almost there. But in between they have vignettes of doc McStuffins and other characters from Disney junior. And so they have these like magical words where they're on the screen and you see this animation of this twirly, like pixie dust looking stuff. And then the character walks out of the side of the screen. Nice. So cool. it's a way of, of bringing the character to life in front of the kids. And then they do a couple of dance routines. They sing their signature songs and then they uh, dance along with the kids. And eventually, spoiler alert, Mickey and Minnie <laughs> make it uh, to the <laughs> to the dance party. They don't have everyone. They show like Goofy and Donald like on screen. But the only two that walk out are Mickey and Minnie. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. So it was fun. I mean, for what it was, it was a nice way to sit down for 25 minutes and just enjoy the air conditioning. I bet. That was super great for me. I like doing that with uh, Turtle Talk. Ah, yes. That's fun. Dude, noggin. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, you know, it's not a, I know it's not a meet and greet, but correct me if I'm wrong. But since we're talking about, you know, Halloween and we were talking about Oogie a bit ago, didn't you say you have tickets to a super special event happening soon? Oh, my gosh. I super do. Uh, I can't wait. Man. A little jelly. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. But throw it out there. I'm excited for you. (laughs) I'm happy for you. What's interesting, uh, so so to spill the beans here, I, I am going to the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas concert show at the Hollywood Bowl next month, and I'm incredibly excited. And it's funny because we talked about it, you know, after they did Little Mermaid and they did um, Beauty and the Beast, you know, we all theorized that, of course, the next one would be Aladdin. Right. But no, I don't know that. I even thought of Nightmare Before Christmas. I thought Aladdin would be the next big one, but uh, this came up, and I feel like they've done a version of this before, right? Like, this isn't the first time they've done it. Is that uh, correct? Similar, actually. Or what they did was it was more of just a Danny Elfman show, right? Like a Tim Burton, Danny Elfman kind of thing. This is exclusively Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, so it's more I like those... I think they did an exclusive Nightmare one already. Did they? Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if last year was the first year, but I'm okay. sure that uh, I've seen posts and videos from not just like an Elfman thing, like just specifically Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Well, it, you know, it's... It's the greatest. I love Nightmare Before Christmas so much. It's one of my favorite animated movies. It's one of my favorite movies. And it's one of my favorite musicals. It's just, it's dynamite. I love it so much. And I'm so thrilled that I get to go to this thing. And I've always wanted to see a show at the Hollywood Bowl. I've never been there before. And it's one of the most legendary venues in the country. And... You know, I get to go, and I'm, man, I'm so pumped. 
that little clamshell venue is going to capture your heart as soon as you get there, man, because the acoustics sure are is. phenomenal at the Hollywood <laughs> Bowl. It was they better built... be because we're far away from the stage. Dude, it doesn't matter where you sit at the <laughs> Hollywood Bowl. The acoustics are fantastic wherever you're sitting. The visual, mm. obviously, you're a little far away from seeing what's on the stage, but they do have two giant monitors that you can view yeah. everything that's happening on stage. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is that you're going to be there as they're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Nightmare Before Christmas. And, of right. course, Danny Elfman will be reprising his role as Jack Skellington. And Catherine O'Hara mm-hmm. is going to be there doing Sally. And Ken mm-hmm. Page is going to be there doing Ken Oogie. Ken Page! That's awesome. <laughs> I'm saying, like, if ever. I'm hoping, I, I don't know, I haven't seen, but I'm hoping Paul Rubens is going to be there, too. That would be amazing. I haven't seen any announcements for him <laughs> being be there. So but great. if he was a surprise guest, yeah. that would be super cool. Stay till the end. Yeah. If there's yes. anything that I've learned oh, that's true. from that's stuff true. that's happened to we my brother at the from Hollywood Mario. Bowl, yes, <laughs> yep. is stay till the end. Wait well, till the me, end credits finish yeah, real well. Never a relief because I remember the first year when they had this on Halloween. That's when Danny Elfman played um, Oingo Boingo's um, Dead Man's Party. No way. Yes, that's awesome. and he's only cool. done it once. So, yes, stay Oh, believe me, I will. I'm and sure there's no kinda, chance. I'm, I'm kind of hurting because I missed that day by one day. <laughs> oh man! I'm sure, considering <laughs> it's the 25th anniversary, there's going to be something. Like, I wouldn't oh, yeah. be surprised yeah. if instead of just getting Dead Man's Party out of Elfman, we get all of Oingo Boingo on stage performing. Oh my gosh! Like some impromptu little uh, <laughs> concert. <laughs> oh, Gavin, I'm going instead of you. Give me your ticket. and it's gonna be so surreal because you're watching this and you're seeing danny elfman be jack and you're like oh my god this is happening this is happening like i i couldn't record like i couldn't i was so compelled to watch (laughs) so i'm so excited for you (laughs) well i i hope to come back with some quality images and footage uh, that we can share with the Podcateers family. So hopefully in October, look for some YouTube stuff and some IG stories <laughs> stuff from the concert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a general concert question. See how each of sure. you feel about this. Okay. You know, you listen to these songs on the radio. You get very used to how they sound, you know, the tone, the tempo, When you go hear them live, obviously Mm -hmm. the bands can't recreate it exactly the same way that it was recorded in studio. And especially if they're singing night after night, their voice may not be able to take a sequence of notes the way that it's structured in the song as you hear it on the radio. So if you see somebody live, there tends to be some variation and there's a lot of, you know, creativity as to how they portray that song. And it's not always great in my opinion. (laughs) How do you guys feel about them changing the song? Yes, I know it's their song, but does the thrill of seeing them live supersede the fact that they're changing the song that you fell in love with? I've actually had that happen, and it took me 13 years to see Franz Ferdinand, and the only thing I... I mean, of course, I wanted to hear all their music, but when they play Take Me Out, mm-hmm. it was slightly slower than what I'm used to. Uh. So I was enjoying it, but I think it's because we were so close. I think we were like four people from like the rail. Mm-hmm. It kind of balanced that out. But yes, I do understand that. Everybody else, however, 
has been really good live wise but yeah that's my experience was them interesting i kind of have a, a slightly different take in that i feel like that's kind of the magic of live performance you know it's never the same twice it's always you know going to have a little different flavor even if they're trying to you know match the record so to speak that's true um and also you know if if they can you know hit those notes the same as they did in the record or maybe even do a better flourish or something you know improvisationally that's even neater like that to me is where the real talent is is how well you can perform it live not how well you can you know sing it with 50 takes in a studio and mash up you know the bars that made the most sense you know it's not like this podcast where hazen spends four days editing out all of our mistakes you know <laughs> it's like if it's live That's you know you true. gotta be you gotta be good right i spend and... like four minutes editing out your mistakes <laughs> what? buddy <laughs> whatever uh so I, I just feel like that's that's the beauty of, of live performance. And, you know, it, it kind of gets me excited. Like, I love finding live performances that have been recorded of my favorite artists and hearing those differences. You yeah. know, I, that's that kind of brings me a lot of joy. Like, ooh, he did that guitar lick a little different that time. And that was really neat. I like what he did. Yeah. Whether or not I like the original best, I still enjoy you know, some sort of difference. So that's just kind of how I look at it. Got it. The first couple of times that I saw like Smashing Pumpkins is one of my favorite bands of all time. And oh, wow. the very first time that I saw Billy Corgan perform Tonight Tonight live, mm-hmm. um, I had two reactions. One was, why are you killing the song? <laughs> <laughs> and the second was, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> he should have just called like him a, by his name, William. Did, I, did he do a polka version? <laughs> no, I mean, he just changed. Okay, so I, I get what you're saying about, you know, the variation and having that little specialness to it, right, to that performance. Because right. there are specific performances that I've seen live that I watch on TV where there's a note that's hit a certain way or they sing a line a certain way where you could tell, like, oh, that was in Glasgow or, ooh, that was in Australia. Like, that's that live performance. You can distinguish between those. Mm-hmm. But for me, the exception is when they go from – like whatever the studio version is to like acoustic for instance if you go acoustic like all bets are off like i love acoustic versions of everything but if you're (laughs) trying to sing a song that somebody's familiar with don't go and get super experimental with it because people might not leave happy but i do have a comment about um one group lincoln park Uh in 2003 i got to see them live and oh my god every scream yell, sing, whatever you want to mesh it all together was perfect. Yeah, but Chester Bennington was like that. He was a type of person that wanted to recreate it the way that it was. Part of the reason I'm bringing it up is because when you go see this concert, Gavin, I'm sure that Danny Elfman might change some of it, you know, as you're going through the film. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're necessarily there to see the sync up of what's happening, but like at D23, for instance, there was performances at D23 that I felt were classic performances that I wanted to hear a certain way live because, oh my God, it's live. But Mm -hmm. it changes significantly that it ruins that magic for me a little bit. 
Not uh, completely because I'm seeing it live, right? But not hearing right. what I wanted to hear kind of ruins it for me. Yeah, I get that. I think I'm going to have to be prepared for that, though, in this particular instance, because it's not like these are, you know, Ken Page's songs and he's been performing them for 25 years in concert every night, you know? Yeah. And so when he gets up there and sings Oogie Boogie's song, I mean, who knows when the last time is he sang it, you know, and he's not going to be matching it to the original soundtrack recording. True. You know, it's, it's going to be totally removed. So he's going to probably put a really different spin on it, not necessarily intentionally, but just because he's so far removed from that original performance. Yeah. And, you know, these guys are all that much older, too. And, you know, your voice isn't there forever. Which is funny because when Oogie's song had to be played, who else had to do it? It was Danny that did it. So right. it was surreal, but it was really cool at the same time. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's amazing. Well, maybe I'm just being too hard on the whole situation. And I know <laughs> people that are listening right now, if you've had any type of musical training, I love to sing. I love to do karaoke, but that's pretty much where it stops. I'm horrible at it, and I acknowledge it. But... I love to do it, and I'm sure people are listening to the podcast saying, like, well, why don't you go and do it? Why don't you try to hit the same note the same way every single time you do it? Well, I'm not a professional, so I don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) So there. (laughs) Uh, Either way, I think it's going to be a fun night. I'm looking forward to seeing the photos and the videos and stuff that you end up posting on the stories, Gavin. Hopefully mm-hmm. one of these years we'll get a chance to go. If they ever do Aladdin, I do want to yes. find a way to try to make it out to that. Yes. I think it would be magical. It would be a whole new world for me. I agree. <laughs> I, that would be incredible. Oh, speaking of Incredibles, uh, over at, oh, man, where was this? Was it at South Coast Plaza that they did it? I want to say yes. Yeah, it was at South Coast Plaza, right? Uh, A bunch of Disney volunteers got together to turn 8,900 cans of food into a huge jack-jack with cookies and blocks. Kudos. amazing. (laughs) It looks so good. It's really impressive. I'm still wondering how they got those cans in place like that. Hot That's glue. a lot of weight. Are they real cans, like, full of food? They That's are. That's a lot of weight. It's it's a freestanding sculpture where you've got cans that are, like, his whole face is just hanging out in front of his body. And that's a lot of weight. I just am, I have no idea how they put that thing together. I was watching a couple of the structure videos, and it looks like they had, uh, in between the cans, they had, like, flat pieces, so they were layered oh. on top of each other, and okay. that's how they were able to keep everything together. Plus, they had rods that were going into the structure, holding everything in place so that it wouldn't slide mm-hmm. back and forth. Uh, I, I love it, though. There's a video that was posted by Disney of it happening. I am going to post that in the blog post for the episode over at podcasters.com slash 221 if you guys want to take a look at that. There was another one, too. So it's a freestanding buzz, and behind it, it just says, like, Pizza Planet or something in oh, more cans. Oh, that's cans. cool. 
<laughs> so I'm going to put that post <laughs> over in the blog post as well if you guys want to check it out. But... That's so cool. So it, let, let, I have a question here because the, it looks like they painted the cans. Is that what they did? Did they paint them? Because when you look at these, it's, you know, each can is color coded like a pixel almost. Yeah. In a, you know, like an 8-bit illustration. And I my question is, so when they go to donate them, are, do these people even know what they're getting? No, like I mean, as far as I could tell, uh, when I was looking at a close-up uh, picture uh, of the cans, like they would use like blue tuna cans for anything that was blue. They would use red olive cans to do anything that was red. And so they looked for cans that were the color that they needed and just bought a whole bunch of that same thing. That's smart. Hmm. What what comes in a perfectly baby flesh tone colored can? Baby, baby food. food. <laughs> you guys did that in unison. You guys knew that was coming. Yeah, I mean it's literally cans Is of it? baby food. But it looks like they look like they're blank. Like I didn't see any well, like words baby or food, logos or. So baby food's a little bit different. Baby food before they used to come in jars. Well, I guess they stew. They do still come in jars, but when you yep. buy them in these little pudding like cups that they have. You generally tend to get them in packages of four. So the outer wrapper, the cardboard, is what has the flavor. And then each individual, like, little plastic pudding bucket, per se, has, like, type on it. It's it's super small, and it's really vague. It'll just say, like, beef potato or something or whatever nasty flavor you happen to have. <laughs> Tastes like raisins. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> That's what it might say, but it doesn't always taste like that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it looks like it's a bunch of baby food and a bunch of other cans that fit the color scheme that they were trying to fit. And it doesn't look like they're completely stacked just to keep the weight down specifically. It looks like it's the flat plane and then it's just the outer edges that are lined with the cans. Mm-hmm. I could be right. wrong, but it looks cool. It's man. a cool idea. Yeah. So what do you think Team Boat Willie can top it? Oh man, I would love to do something <laughs> like this with Team Boat Willie. We should we should come up with some ideas for that. They had uh I think there was several structures that were created because it's part of uh this thing with the OC Food Bank. And for every vote, I think people they get like a one dollar donation. So you can mm-hmm. vote for your favorite of the sculptures that's being put together. Then at the end oh. of it, the food is getting donated to the OC Food Bank. So I thought that was pretty cool. Okay, so all three of us, we come up with our own little can sculptures. And we have the fans vote on a winner. And ultimately, all the food just gets donated. Correct. Correct. All right. And there's a lot. That's like there cool. was, There was um, – I forgot what this one was. It's The group was called like OCJ Stars, and it was uh, Ganesha. It was just kind of like the yeah, that's that's hanging around there. There was the buzz. There was there's actually two Jack Jacks. There's one that was built by Disneyland and Imagineering, and mm-hmm. um, they had built the giant Jack Jack. And then there's like a couple of Pez dispensers. Ooh! I'll put the link to the actual. I think the program is called Can Struck the World Without Hunger. So Aww. that's what the nice. whole thing was about. And when you go and you vote, like each vote equals a dollar that they're getting 
you know, as part of the fundraiser. And as it stands right now, I think they've raised about $1,700 as we're recording this or something. That's awesome. It could be more by now, but the last time I checked, it was around $1,700. But yeah, they tell you when you go over to their community pages and you check out how each of the items was constructed, they'll tell you how many cans of each product was used. If you wanted to recreate it yourself, they have, you have to buy 152 four ounce cans of Dole Mandarin oranges. And then you have to buy <laughs> 3,150 four ounce cans of Winco Dice Green Chilies and 1,050. 350 2.25 ounce cans of Lindsay California sliced olives. So, I mean, it's all listed there. We'll list out their shopping list to put together the Jack Jack. It's pretty cool. I want to make my own. You think we'll be able to do this one one day? You want to I was going to yeah. suggest something. Heck yeah. Oh, what do you got, Mel? <laughs> <laughs> Push the trash can. Because <laughs> he's just a square. <laughs> that would be pretty easy. It would it be would easy. Be. <laughs> But That's the only I, one think I, was like, I would want to challenge easy. ourselves. Like, we need to recreate. Yeah, like R2-D2 would be pretty easy. Yeah, we should <laughs> recreate Mission Breakout. Oh, I was going to say Haunted Mansion, but all right. <laughs> yeah, let's do something with a better facade. I, th- I think Mansion or... Space. Um, oh, Space Mountain yeah, would be Yeah, Space fun. Mountain would be cool. I agree. Even Matterhorn. Or actually Big Thunder, because it looks like all those rocks are kind of stacked up yeah. on each other anyway. Yeah. That might be a natural fit for something like that. That could be cool. But do you think yeah, people could, really could cool. would get the gist of it, or would it just look like a bunch of stacks of cans? Like, when you look at this from far away, it's clearly the character. Well, we'll just have to be really good, man. <laughs> we'll get some <laughs> pointers from the people that put together the Super Bowl Sunday Stacks of, of soda cans. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> those are awesome. Yep. I've seen some really creative ones. Mm-hmm. So there you yep. go. Yeah, one day we'll plan something like this. I would love to do a volunteers thing with Team mm-hmm. Willie. I know that we do like the the walks and stuff, but not everything has to be about donations, right? I think we can go out and do right. good things for the Work. community like this where we just donate yeah. our time. Mm-hmm. So. If you guys have any suggestions, hit us up over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and you know we'll talk about it. We'll take those events into consideration. So send us your your thoughts on that. Since we're on the on the topic of the Incredibles, kind of, yeah. we're talking about Jack Jack. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite scenes in the Incredibles two just happens to be the scene where Jack Jack and the raccoon are at it, right when they're fighting. Mm-hmm. But my second favorite scene is when Jack-Jack is kind of mimicking Edna when they go pick him up. (laughs) And he's just kind of walking around changing. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, most adorable thing ever. And I think a lot of people kept thinking to themselves, I wonder what happened that evening with Edna and Jack-Jack. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, she was salivating at the idea of just watching Jack-Jack when she knew that he had all of these powers. Yep. And you you knew that there was something behind it other than just the clout of being the person that made that suit exclusively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you were wondering, well, what happened between E and Jack-Jack? Don't fret. Because when The Incredibles 2 Blu-ray releases in just about a month and a half from the recording of this episode, we have gotten confirmation from Brad Bird that there will be 
a special featurette on the Blu-ray that shows us what happened between E and Jack-Jack that night. We'll finally <laughs> know what happened in those 17 hours. <laughs> I know. That better be a long short. Uh, a long? It better be a, a long. long. <laughs> it better be its own film. <laughs> I want to see everything live. I want to taste that foam. <laughs> It tastes like raspberries. <laughs> <laughs> What's cool so, about this is that I feel like it's a prime example of them giving the fans exactly what they want. Yeah. Agreed. Like that, that doesn't happen a lot. I feel like a lot of extras on, on Blu-rays are just filler. You know, a lot of it's the same thing you see for every movie. And there might be some little tidbit in in there somewhere that's, unique to that movie and you know certainly with pixar they usually make advancements on every movie and so they're going to show you what new technologies they used and and that's great but it happens every time it's not every time that they're giving you added story and added content for the movie that you already love and especially something like this it's an absolute treat and i am dying for that release it's that's going to be great because I think we all agree that Jack Jack kind of stole the show in that second movie mm-hmm. and we all, you know, fell in love with him. And I hope they do a series of Jack Jack shorts. I really do. <gasps> I think they need Dude, to. For real. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the prime candidate for shorts right now. And I hope that comes. But even if even if this is all we get. I'm so excited about it. It's such right. a cool, smart move by Brad Bird and his team of geniuses. Yeah. Do you think that they saw the popularity and kind of heard the fans after the film was released? Or knowing how Brad Bird is about storytelling, that he thought about this way before he even released the film and just knew, I want to show this. I think it's that. I think on some level, he had already conceived this night that they had together. And it may have even been in the original cut of the film, but it had to get cut for time purposes. You know, you That's never true. know. That's very and, true. And yeah, I agree with, with him and his type of, um, you know, detail oriented production. I feel like it, it's not something they invented after the fact. I, I think in some way, shape, or form, he had this idea already, and it just played out perfectly because everybody loves the idea. And so, yeah, going into it with that in mind, I mean, I think that's the thing, too. I don't think any other or not many of the other Pixar production teams would have been able to do something like this for the initial DVD release, you know? Right. And so, yeah, I I think he was prepared on some level. Oh, I'm so excited. I love your idea of them having just a bunch of Jack Jack shorts. Mm-hmm. You're right, dude. I, yeah. <laughs> that I endless would, possibilities. <laughs> I know. I would so watch Jack Jack shorts all day versus Mater shorts. <laughs> uh, I like the Mater Aww. shorts though. I like those I do a lot. Too. But Mater's if I had to watch, if I had to pick, I would just want to watch 
Jack Jack shorts. Especially because they end with the exact same joke and hook. Like every That's time. That's true. That kills That's true. me. He's yeah. like, don't you remember? You were there. You were there. <laughs> and all of a sudden McQueen <laughs> is in it. I love that. It's so good. Uh, they're my favorite friend duo of all time. You're just biased because it's I your am. favorite film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but... I, we're kind of dovetailing perfectly into something that happened that's really exciting, too, because we've talked about meet and greets and characters in the park, and we've talked about Pixar, and you had the opportunity to see an awesome new Pixar character in the park. There's tons of shows in the park that you know I can watch and I just enjoy them. And I remember seeing this particular show last year and just thinking, wow, that was that was a good show. I, I appreciate that they did that. The show that I'm speaking of is the musical tribute to Coco. And mm-hmm. they did this last year. The exception was that this year they brought the Miguel Marionette from Disneyland Paris and incorporated it into the show. Nice. Unbelievable. <laughs> the Marionette <laughs> so itself. so exciting. I'm oh, seriously, if you guys have not seen this, we posted the video on our YouTube channel. The mm-hmm. video will be in the blog post for the episode, podcasters.com slash 221. If you guys want to see it or more videos like that and vlogs, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell notification icon so that you know when we post new videos. But man, the cast member that was running the marionette did such an amazing job. And the marionette is put together in such a way where it is so animated and so lifelike Mm -hmm. that you almost forget that there's a person standing behind it when you concentrate on Miguel. Okay, you don't even see the person behind him. And the gestures and the movements are so Miguel from the movie that he starts singing. You're listening to the soundtrack in the background and you're listening to him sing. This doesn't happen to me very often. It generally tends to happen to me when I watch certain fireworks shows. But I had to hold back some tears watching this. <laughs> the thing was that last year, the same show, I just thought, wow, that was cool. I'm glad they did that. Mm-hmm. But the addition of Miguel just brought so much more magic to yeah. that small show that I was fighting back tears watching this. It was amazing. <laughs> I love it. It looks incredible, and I can't wait to get the chance to go see it. It's it's basically going to be here for the whole Halloween season, and so I'm hoping and I'll Christmas. Get... Oh, and Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I'll definitely get to see it several times then, and I, I'm so pumped. Now you've said it a couple times. Uh, you've described it as the marionette from Paris. Did they just bring it over, or did they create one for this park? Well, as far as I know, the one in Paris still exists. Okay, so it's a new, it, it's a separate one that they created Correct. for us. Okay, got it. It it looks amazing in the video, and I can't wait to, to see that show. And like you said, last year when they just did the, you know, the musical tribute basically to Coco, I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. I watched it several times. And now knowing that they've plussed it by adding Miguel and adding a character in a way that is consistent with the way they look in the film, Mm -hmm. which is rarely ever achieved. And I think this marionette idea is the way they should proceed for a lot of characters that it just gets me excited because that's a clever, simple 
yet imaginative, magical way to bring that character to life. If you could add it to any other characters, what would you want to add it to? I mean, definitely any of the characters that are smaller than your average human. I would like any kid characters for sure. Any look like um, definitely Judy Hopps and, and Nick Wilde. Because they look ridiculous as giant oversized bunny and fox. Cough, I, I, cough. Edna mode. Cough, cough. Yeah, Edna, <laughs> Boo. I mean, there's a lot of little characters that it would be amazing to see. And if you actually put people in costumes, they don't look right, you know? it To me, it's very, very rare that these characters look right when you meet them in the park very rare there's only a couple that i'm like okay i can see that that's pretty good like okay here's the obvious one pinocchio freaking pinocchio should be one of these i mean come on that should have been done decades ago so uh, yeah i i'm just hopeful that this is a successful test so to speak and that they incorporate more of this kind of you know they're already doing it with olaf in the frozen show and i think it works beautifully because again, you forget that there's a person behind him when you see that yeah. show, and it it's wonderful. You know, I I like when they can do that. It's just it's stage magic, you know, like theater magic is what it is, and it's yeah. it's delightful. And yeah, it's I could go on and on. It's it's great. Keep doing it, Disney. The great thing about doing something like that is that you don't have to rely on electricity or these visual effects or anything like that. Like you said, it's stage magic, right? Right. And I almost feel like it's an art that's being lost, you know, Mm -hmm. especially with no longer having a constant Muppet show or having puppeteers that are constantly doing this other than Sesame street, for instance, Mm -hmm. the art of puppeteering and creating these types of shows. It's, I, I think it's, being lost and i mean i may feel like that because i don't see many of these shows and i don't know if a lot of them exist but if you incorporated more of that into the parks i think it would just spark so much more creativity into the cast members that are doing it and i mean it stuff like that makes new engineers in the world right like when you have kids playing with legos playing with connects you don't understand that they're not just playing they're becoming an engineer while they are building this. Right. And that's how their mind grows. That's where they learn what they like to do. Mm-hmm. And the art of puppeteering is the same, like knowing what to move, when to move it, when to blink, when to turn their hands, when to turn their head. It looks easy, but being a puppeteer is immensely difficult. Sure. I mean, it's like, it's like two or three levels above air guitar. <laughs> yes. I rule an air guitar. I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, there was um there was an exhibit recently at the Skirball Center for the Muppets. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I wanted and to go see that. I regretted not having a chance to go see that because yeah. I think by the time that this episode is out, the exhibit will have been over for mm-hmm. a few days already. And man, I saw some people posting. You could become a puppeteer. Like they had a TV screen, they had the the Muppets there that you could follow some really? kind of script with, and it was amazing. Like the experience that I saw in people's videos and Instagram stories and pictures. I really hope that it comes back because wow. I think it was one of those experiences that you just grow from and you just never forget. Nice. 
So if you guys had a chance to go to that and you posted something, tag us and we'll repost it because I just love seeing that stuff. Word. Mm -hmm. Okay, real quick. Who's your favorite Muppet? Go. Animal. Nice. Are we talking Sesame Street 2 or just or just, just Muppets Muppets? Just, just Muppets. Beaker. Oh, nice. That's adorable. Yeah. I like Ralph. He's my favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I will say I have said that Miss Piggy is my number one, but action-wise, Animal. <laughs> Animal's yeah. great. Animal's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Every time I think of Animal, I think of that Muppet Babies episode where he's like, makeup! <laughs> 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 Just had that big poof. Oh, man. Animal basically <laughs> does all the things we all want to do every day. Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, so earlier we were talking about Nightmare Before Christmas at the Hollywood Bowl, and it got us thinking about the Haunted Mansion. And the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay that happens. And, you know, if you guys have been listening to the podcast for some time, I have my beefs with it. And my primary beef is just the fact that it happens before Halloween. And I've heard everybody's discussion on this. And I <laughs> and I understand. Okay, like, I think we talked about this just in a, a podcast or two ago. Yep. And you guys brought up great points. The idea that they have to take down the mansion for a couple of weeks to do the overlay. By the time it's done, you know, you won't have enough time for Christmas. I get all of that. It, it is a time restraint. Okay, cool. But we, we're also getting to a point where the overlay has been going on for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, if you've seen it over and over... And, and I'm speaking as a spoiled annual pass holder now. I'm, I'm putting that <laughs> hat on, okay? It gets a little tired. You know, every year we get a chance to see the overlay. Um, and primarily what changes is the gingerbread house. A couple of years ago, they finally added Sally, you mm -hmm. know, which was, uh, I think, a much-needed addition. But during our production meeting, we had this idea of kind of reconstructing the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay and maybe changing up a couple of scenes and talking about what we would want to see. And I'm excited about this talk because two huge fans of Nightmare Before Christmas are with me right now. <laughs> and so I'm just, I, I'm kind of giddy at hearing what Gavin and Melissa are going to say about this. So <laughs> Melissa, let's kick it off with your ideas here. What would you want to change in the mansion, or what scenes would you add? Go. Okay. Um, let's see. I wrote this all in my notes because I knew I wasn't going to remember everything, but I'm going to try <laughs> to do this walkthrough. All right. Loading scene, you know, keep it the way it is. But what I would change, this is the first change, is right before the endless hallway, you know, you have your gifts, which is a nice addition, but... I think the mayor needs a little bit more love. Word. And I okay. think it would be nice to see him being a greeter as an animatronic, kind of like telling us um, welcome or something. Because, you know, he was like that. He's always yeah. jolly. Mm -hmm. And so that's one change. Keep going. And I would say in the seance room, have Lock, Shock, and Barrel behind a Leota with that bag as if they're trying to find uh sandy claws and you know how they confuse the easter bunny oh yeah 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 okay so okay have them behind the chair you know that 
not a sudden movement, but kind of like showing. But because she's moving, have them kind of move in that way so it balances it out. Um, I like that. Yeah. Next is the ballroom. I love everything that goes on with the ballroom. And Gavin and I, <laughs> we were talking about this. The band, <gasps> sad that it's a cutout, put them next to the um, the organ. Yes. Yeah, so they're part of the, <clears throat> excuse me, they're part of the band. Now, the attic, I would love to see this type of technology. I don't think it happens yet, but it was kind of like E.T. had where they were able to put your name as you were leaving saying bye. Now, oh. what if we had this technology onto the naughty or nice uh, list that the snake has and somehow I want to say either fast pass app or something have your name displayed as you're oh. passing by. Yes. <laughs> I've been Ooh. I've been thinking about this. You would have to be it would have to be using that uh, Bluetooth that the play app is using. Yeah. So you'd have to be logged in and that'd be part of the game you play. Perfect. Is you know, did you see your name on the list? And yeah. or if your, your name on. is displayed, you get the badge. Right, right, right. That's yeah. what will be the like achievement. Ah, yes. <laughs> and that's really simple to achieve, too. You can mount like a little Bluetooth mechanism into the Doom buggy with like a repeater, and it just kind of shoots that signal out at the list. Yeah. And it just picks one of them at random. Ah, oh, I love that I idea. I think it'd be great. So, passing Hattie, he's good. Don't change him. <laughs> but in the graveyard scene, I would love to see the mummy boy, or these are the kids. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the character names, mm -hmm. these are the kids that you see on Nightmare uh, Before Christmas. So you have the little mummy boy, you have the winged demon, and you have corpse boy. And mm, I, I would like, like to boy. see them kind of like Sally where they're playing in the graveyard. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to give it like, oh, okay, yeah, you remember the, they're the kids that are often playing around and stuff. And the only other thing I have a request is the evil toy duck needs a little bit more love because you have vampire teddy but it's like they come together type of thing that's funny you don't see the duck anywhere just once in what? the attic and but you see the the vampire character more than once yeah he's in the seance room um oh. in the graveyard between hattie and the graveyard when you're going down yeah. Mm. And I believe in before the hallway mm. where the um the coffin is. Yeah. He's right You're there right. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. That's a lot of places. It's a lot of love, yeah. man. I guess so. Interesting. I guess so. Oh man, that list idea. I love that, Melissa. <laughs> so good. Would you yeah, do anything I, with the with the mirrors at the end? Yes, bring the technology that Walt Disney World has. That's the most amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. I think in general, just to bring that tech over would be awesome. Right. I, I forget what they do there. Describe to me what, what's different. So you're going through and your head, like you're looking at yourself, but your head just disappears. What? Or they roll over, or it's some animation, and it's really yeah. cool and interactive. So huh. you see this through the three mirrors, mm -hmm. or the three windows, and 
it's really cool because it happens in all three. Wow. That is cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. It's really good. I like that. Sweet. Well, those are awesome ideas, Melissa. I like that. Thanks. All right, Gavin. Okay. This is very difficult for me. I think I've said it on the show before, but I'm going to say it again so everybody knows exactly where I stand. (laughs) I believe firmly that Nightmare Before Christmas deserves its own attraction permanently at Disneyland. I want that more than anything. But what we have is the overlay. And so herein lies my problem. It's like most of the things I want to do would be much more of a permanent nature or it'd be such Ah. an extensive overlay that it wouldn't be practical for them to install. They would have to do it in July, basically. Yeah, they really (laughs) would have to be half the year and whatever. But some basic things that I, I would love to change or add is I wish more of the actual music from that wonderful soundtrack was incorporated into the ride. You know, it's just kind of inspired by, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit. And that's that's as close as we get. But if we could actually hear, you know, some of Jack's Lament and some of Oogie Boogie's song and, um, you know, some of Sally's song as we go through just, you know, little themes, you know, it doesn't have to be them singing them. But, you know, I mean, on all the other attractions that are based on a property, we get to experience parts of the soundtrack as well. And that's such a a visceral part of how we, you know, experience these movies every time we watch them, that when we ride through them, it kind of feels like something's missing when that's not there. So that would be an easy thing, like incorporate more of the music. I say easy. I'm sure a (laughs) a thousand lawyers would have to be called in to figure out the licensing, whatever. Right. Uh, The other thing that I wish is that, less of the mansion characters were there, you know, like, and I know I'm going to get some flack from you guys, but even Hattie, like to me, (laughs) he's not anything to do with nightmare. And it, to me, that kind of throws it off in that moment. Like I love Hattie as much as anybody, but in this version of the ride, it's like, he doesn't make any really sense because he doesn't look like that style of character. And I don't know. I, I would take him out. You mentioned the ballroom scene. It really bugs me that we see those same like Victorian era ghosts in there, especially the two portraits. It's like it seems like that could be something that could be changed out for Nightmare Before Christmas characters. I, I just wish there that some of those weren't there. You know, like they take out the bride and they take out the grave digger and, you know, replace those with Nightmare Before Christmas things. I just wish they would do that with more of the characters. But here we meet with what I really want to do. If we can't have our own attraction, I really want more set pieces and scenes that make us feel like we're actually stepping into this movie in a lot a lot more of a realistic sense. So I would love it if the front yard of the mansion was transformed into the forest and we enter that circle of trees with the holidays. And like, as we, you know, get closer, the one big tree just has a huge open door in it. And that's the Halloween door, right? And we walk through that and then to the rest of the queue. Right. So like it kind of sets the mood like, Oh, we've entered Halloween town and you know, they've gone mad with Christmas frenzy and they're all creating Christmas stuff to go then 
give it to Halloween or Christmas Town. And, you know, I would love to see more. Like you mentioned the kids. I would mm-hmm. love to see them like peering down into that well like they do in the very first scene in the movie when, you know, Jack's about to spring up from it, you know, and, you know, just seeing that well in the little town square or actually seeing Jack and Sally on top of Spiral Hill, you know, things like that are iconic moments, you know, or scenes or visuals from the film. I would love to see incorporated you know, into that experience more, you know, I feel like it's so weird. You know, there's this competing idea that, okay, it's like the movie because in the movie they take over Christmas, but they don't go anywhere to take over Christmas. They do it all from Halloween town. And then he just flies out and, you know, acts like Sandy Claus, you know, for a night. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like they've kind of moved into this place where they don't belong. But to me, the haunted mansion would, if it was anywhere, it would be in Halloween town because it's a haunted mansion. And so it shouldn't feel as much of an invasion as it does. And I feel like incorporating more elements of the nightmare before Christmas film into it would make it seem more natural. Cause to me, it's, so strange to me i've seen it you know for many years not as many years of you as you guys have seen it i think the first time i saw it was 2012 but it's still just so strange to me i don't understand really like what the madness is like why do we have to do this to this perfect attraction with this perfect other property and kind of do this weird mashup where they don't seamlessly meld together mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I want its own attraction, but you know, anyway, those are my thoughts and I don't know that we'll ever see any of that happen because, you know, like you said, Hazen, they've done very little to plus the overlay in the, what, almost 20 years since it's been in, in place. Yeah. We'll see. I, I still am hoping for more nightmare in the parks because it's got such an ever-growing passionate never fading cult following right mm-hmm. so you know it's funny that there's so many things that you said in how you would overhaul the mansion that i am 110 percent with you on okay not just 100 percent, not just 90 110 percent with you on solidarity brother yeah even with One hattie one of the bit well here I'll, I'll get to that <laughs> okay one of the biggest things that i have to agree with you on is the music it does not have enough music and that soundtrack is just so good and it speaks so well to that film that it needs more of that to really maybe if there was just more music that would be enough to make it seem more cohesive mm-hmm. but there is a disconnect I-, I like the overlay but overall it doesn't feel like it belongs. And that's why I don't feel it even belongs before Halloween. That's my biggest beef with it. The whole idea of bringing the forest. Originally, I wanted that in the mansion. Mm -hmm. But 
it's funny that you said bring it outside because my idea was instead of having the door of the gates to the mansion, make that the Halloween tree that you walk through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's where I would put the main Halloween tree. And then outside in New Orleans Square, just put the plaques on the different trees of each holiday to make it look like the trees that are already existing in New Orleans Square are part of this experience that you're about to walk into. That could be interesting. I like that. Or, so, you know what? Wait, I'm sorry. I'm going to jump in with an idea real quick. Huh? What if they transform the stretching rooms to be like a circle of trees and it oh, stretches? Oh, that would be great. And then somehow the, the doors appear as it stretches up and the one that opens is the Halloween is, tree. Oh, that would be amazing. Oh. I love that idea. <laughs> Because then you're walking straight into it. Ah, yeah. dude. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Infinitely yes. Okay. So uh, in that main hallway, I I would probably want to change the portraits up a little bit, just primarily because we've seen them already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the very first window has the band playing. Mm-hmm. But you don't really see the band unless you really concentrate on it or, uh, or you see the lightning flash. Yeah. So I would incorporate other characters from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas into the other windows where they're like knocking on the glass saying like, hey, let me in. I want to go too. Or where's Jack? (laughs) And this is where I think the storytelling begins, where if you have those characters starting off by saying, hey, have you seen Jack? Where's Jack? Where's Jack? And they're all asking, where is Jack? So it's like pirates. Kind of. (laughs) But by the time that you get to the loading area, I would get rid of that entire Mod Podge of characters that they have because that just looks like they plastered a bunch of boxes with random characters all over it. I would turn that into the town square from the film. Mm -hmm. And I would put the fountain there. And I would have the mayor coming out in his car with like a little bullhorn, just, just even if it's a cutout. Okay, it doesn't have to be full blown animatronic just to save some money. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about the money situation. <laughs> Galaxy's Edge, you know, money hog. I would have um, the mayor on in his car just driving back and forth, saying, "Have you seen Jack? We can't find Jack. It's 365 days till Halloween again. Where's Jack?" And so, so we the need entire the story <laughs> is now based on you. Yeah, <laughs> three sixty four. Um. And the entire story is now, where is Jack? Because that's one of the biggest problems I have with this. There is no story. There's just a bunch of characters all over the mansion. Right. And I guess the main story is that they've invaded the mansion for this overlay. But it, it doesn't work. Okay, so now we've established that we're searching for Jack. Right? Mm-hmm. We're in Halloween Town. We've already had that established. As you're driving by, you see Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Like, like you see them now and with those presents right before you hit the infinite hallway. You see that? You see zero? I like that area. I wouldn't really change that. I like that part of it. However, as you're turning on the right-hand side and you see the coffin with the hand coming up, I would put Dr. Finkelstein there. Ooh. And I would, I would make him – I would put him there doing some kind of experiment, you know, or maybe stitching Sally together. <clears throat> And that's totally the first thing I forgot about see. Finkelstein. He's nowhere in there, is he? Nope. Uh, he's at the. He's one of the cutouts at the. That's it. Well, in the yeah, loading those area. Those don't count. Those don't count. No, they don't count. But that's what I'm saying. At, at least there, you get an idea of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And because all you're seeing is Doctor Finkelstein, maybe he's humming 
Sally song. And it's just kind of like this off thing that's happening where you kind of recognize it, uh-huh. but it's not something that he would do. So you're kind of like, oh, that sounds familiar. Right. So now you're going through the hallway. You're hearing all the doors. You're hearing characters. Where's Jack? Where's Jack? Knock, knock, knock. Is Jack? Jack, are you behind that door? And then you see the man eating wreath. You see um, the clock. And here's one of the biggest changes I would implement. I would get rid of Leota. I would put Oogie there on the roulette wheel and have the Sandy Claus right in the middle, like in that scene where he's walking around the roulette wheel. You know, he's singing Oogie Boogie song. What better place that's round than to have a roulette wheel and hearing the Oogie Boogie song? Genius. Do it. Okay. So now we go around. You can still have all the other stuff floating, but Leota does not need to be there for this. So now you hit the ballroom scene. And I like the ideas that you guys had about having the band there where it seems more like Halloween Town is having a party. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, maybe where the carriage broke through the window in the background, you see some elements of Halloween Town, but they just busted into this room. That way you don't have to change too many things, but you get the elements of Halloween Town. Maybe have Shock, Lock and Barrel hanging from the chandeliers and it's just <laughs> rocking back and forth. That would be and awesome. Then as far as the projections that they use for the two gunmen on the portraits, just cover it in a black tarp and project something else on it. It doesn't have yeah. to be big. Just project something else on there. Right. In the attic, uh, I would start off with a small TV as you're entering the attic, maybe on the right-hand side. And it's the news report that you hear from the film. Uh, Somebody has commandeered Christmas. We don't know where Santa Claus is. And you kind of just hear the chatter from the news report that Sally's listening to in the film. Mm -hmm. That's like, oh, my God, where's Jack? What is he doing? Right. So then as you're approaching, you kind of see all these gifts. You see the Sandy Claus list that the, the attic scene, I think, is okay the way that it is. I think it's changed enough that I'm okay with that scene. And this, I think, is one of the most controversial things because I'm such a huge fan of the Hatbox Ghost. Hattie has to go. Yes! Because I agree with you. (laughs) I agree with you. He's so (laughs) out of place. The only way that I would accept the Hatbox Ghost still there, if it was up to me, you know, to update this attraction, is... I would want shock, lock, and barrel with a hat box just kind of like floating with his head, like m- like laughing at the head inside of the hat box ghost. Or right? what if they just changed the face to Tim Burton's face? Yeah, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> He's pretty ghoulish. Yeah, he is, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure they wouldn't do that. That'd be great. Um, or uh, the other thing that the the only other thing that I would do is just to eliminate the hatbox ghost altogether, just to keep it cohesive, is I would have, uh, and it would be a little out of place, so maybe the placement wouldn't be great, but I would have the sack with the Sandy Claus and have them singing "Kidnap the Sandy Claus," mm-hmm. you know, just okay. to kind of bring it all together. Then I wouldn't have Jack where the caretaker is. I wouldn't even have Jack in the in the graveyard at all. I would actually have Sally on the tombstone, not leaning over, but just in a in a motion like, Jack, where are you? Jack, where are you? And as you go around and you see the pumpkin singing, you look up and you see like a tiny Sally on top of uh, Spiral Hill. Okay, so I know it's iconic to have Jack and Sally on top of Spiral Hill, but I mean, to have Sally, you know, and you hear Sally's lament, like in the background or Sally's song, 
uh, I think that would be great. And mm -hmm. so as you are approaching the end of the attraction, you see more characters in the graveyard. And where Oogie is now, that's where I would put Jack. Because I could. that is where you would have the final reveal of saying, hey, you found me. Don't worry, we're going to restore Halloween Town. Happy holidays, everyone. And that's where you have like your moment with Jack because you finally found him. The and entire attraction was finding Jack, and now you found him. I like it. Is he in his Sandy Claus outfit there? Yes. Uh, I like it. That's that's really good. I like how you um, your big ad really is that you made it a story, and that's that's so key to you know Disney attractions. And you're right. That's another element that's totally missing currently. Yeah. I like what you said about Sally. Can we have her? Now that I'm thinking about it too, sitting on the uh, tombstone with the rose in her hand. Oh, so yes. it's an homage. Yes. Oh yeah, to the. Portrait. Oh yeah, to mm -hmm. the. Yeah. Oh, see, double whammy. That's genius. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, I we love could, it. I mean, we could even do that around the attraction, where in the graveyard you have like a TNT barrel. And three yeah. other characters from the film, mm -hmm. you, you know, like you could find ways to do that. Yeah. So there would be, oh man, but that Halloween tree <laughs> stretching in the elevator. Ah, That's so good epic. too, man. That is really epic. <laughs> ah, man. If only we had the ability to make those changes happen. I know. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up on. What do you guys think? I sure. think so. All right. Well, if you guys have any ideas of how you would plus up the Haunted Mansion during the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay, leave us a comment. Join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. We'd love to hear your ideas of how you would change it up. And, I mean, if you don't like any of our ideas, let us know why. If you like the way that it is or you don't even like the overlay at all and you would just prefer that it's Haunted Mansion year-round, you know, also a valid opinion. You know, leave that as well. Uh, before we wrap up, a couple of things we want to let you know about. One, Gavin, you want to talk a little bit about your D23 box that you received? Absolutely. So we mentioned it earlier in the podcast or on a previous show that we were going to be getting this Mickey Mouse birthday party get, uh, kit from D23. It did arrive, and all three of us went to Disneyland and we filmed an unboxing of all of the contents of this party box uh, just for you guys. So you can check it out um, on our YouTube channel or you can check it out in the blog post at podcasters.com slash 221. And we are planning to actually throw a party with all of this magical party supplies. And uh, so you'll want to make sure that you're subscribed and following us on Instagram for details to come. Yeah. Woo. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It is. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if you guys go to the YouTube channel, make sure to, uh, how they say, smash that subscribe button, ring that bell notifications icon for updates on when we put up new videos. I know it's overkill, but you know, that's <laughs> what they say on YouTube. So I gotta say what they say on YouTube. Yeah, please don't crack your phone screen. Just, yeah, <laughs> just tap on it. That would it's, be good. It's touch. A, a simple tap will suffice, <laughs> but you know, smash that subscribe button. <laughs> 2018 style. <laughs> If you guys want to help us out, a great way to do that is by becoming a part of the FGP squad. 
What is the FGP squad? Well, we like to call those people our podcast fairy godparents. And they like to help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you could become part of the FGP squad as well. But for a minimum contribution of at least $5, you will also get the exclusive fairy godparent button. And I will say so myself, I like the design. And it's not just because I designed it. Okay, well... I'm, it's because I designed it. <laughs> I, I'm just going to throw it out there. I really like it because I designed it. But it just looks really cool. And if you guys haven't seen it, head over to podcasters.com slash 221. You'll see the icon there. Or you can head over to podcasters.com slash FGP for more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad. To all of our current fairy godparents, thank you guys for your support. Because if it wasn't for them... This episode of Pocketeers and many others would not be possible. So thank you guys. If you guys want to help us out in a slightly different manner, you can do so by heading over where, Gavin? Podcateers.com slash Amazon. And what will they find there, Melissa? A huge, huge button. Why is it so big? Because it's hilarious. That's right. (laughs) There is no other rhyme or reason for it except for the fact that we thought it was just super hilarious to have a really big button. And does it do the same thing as a regular size button? You darn tootin' it does. But we just thought it would be funnier to have a bigger button. So if you want to see how big that button is, it might not look big on your phone because, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's resizes and everything. Go see it on a big, like, TV or see it on a, on a widescreen monitor. It just takes up your whole screen. And then when you click on it, you'll go over to Amazon using our special link. And anything that you purchase on that next trip may earn us a small commission from Amazon as a thank you for mentioning them on this podcast. And if you ever meet Amazon on the street and you're like, hey, Mr. Amazon, how are you? And Amazon's like, hey, did you use that Podcateers link? You could be like, yes, I did. And Amazon will ask you, did you use the huge button on the Podcateers Amazon page? And you'd be like, I sure did because I thought it was funny. (laughs) And and I did it, and then I bought something. By the way, thanks for Prime. I like it. <laughs> That's probably a conversation that will never happen because, you know, Amazon's not a person. Never say but never. That I mean, it's he might be like Mr. Monopoly, right? Mr. Amazon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll see. Maybe we'll make that happen. Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, make it happen, Mr. Amazon. <laughs> That's where that smile comes from. <laughs> Uh, if you guys want to follow any of our social links or any of our personal accounts, head on over to podcasters.com slash team. There you will find all of our social links, who our favorite Disney characters are. If we happen to match up, leave us a comment in the blog post for the episode or on social media. We'd love to know if we match up. I'll give you a hint. Mine is Wally. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> That is so convincing. Uh, <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Anything else? Nope. Just nope. can't right. wait to get back to the park and have more Halloween fun. Mm-hmm. So on that note, here is to be your shoes and Mickey ears. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. Nice work, Bone Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Dude, that was good. I like it.